0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a peace offering as we pick up in Leviticus, chapter 2, verse 1.
1: And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And again, the idea is offering to God service, giving to God my life to serve Him, offering Him the work of my hands. Now, the final of the sweet savor offerings was the peace offering. And again, this could be the ox, or or actually it could be out of the herd, it could be a cow also, It had to be without blemish. It could be from the flock, a lamb, or again, if you are poor, it could be a turtle dove. But this is the offering of communion and fellowship with God. In this offering, a part of it would be returned to you to eat. And thus, The idea was, here, God, I have given this to you, and part of it is burned. That's for God. But then part of it is given back to me, that I might sit down and eat of it so that I am actually fellowshipping with God, eating together with God is the idea. God is eating part of it. I am eating part of it. I am becoming part with God, and it was called the peace offering. But it was that of fellowship with God, the idea of eating together with God. It is interesting in the New Testament how often Jesus sought to eat with people. In fact, the last message of Jesus to the church In the Lord's epistle to the church, what was his very last message? Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat supper with him. Because the Lord always enjoyed eating with people. It spoke to them in their culture of the deepest possible fellowship when we ate together, we were entering into such a deep fellowship that we were actually becoming a part of each other. Because in those days, that was really family style. You have the big old leg of lamb out there, and you, you don't have utensils. Your fingers are your utensils. Your and so you reach out and you grab and pull off a piece of the meat, and... Your friend reaches in and grabs a piece of the meat and you're eating together, having pulled off from the same leg of lamb that portion that you're, you know, and eating of that same leg of lamb. Thus... That leg of lamb that is nourishing you is also nourishing me. That leg of lamb that's becoming a part of your body is becoming a part of my body. Thereby, I'm becoming a part of you. You're becoming a part of me. We're becoming related through this common eating together. And then as we would finish the meal, we'd take the bread and we would break it. And they didn't have napkins in those days, so they used the bread for a napkin. You wipe the lamb grease off your fingers and all, the juices, and then you ate the bread. Uh, Or quite often that bit of bread was thrown to the little puppies that were around the table. the, The last piece that was used to sort of clean up. But by eating the same bread, by eating of the same meat, by partaking from the same table, from the same bowls, We were becoming part of each other and they looked at it as that. For that reason, they would never eat with their enemies. They didn't want to become a part of their enemy. And for that reason, a Jew was always extremely careful never to eat with a Gentile. There is no way that he wanted to become one with a Gentile. And so that's why that strict separation... The Jew never eating with the Gentile because of the fear of becoming a part of a Gentile or a Gentile becoming a part of him. And so here is the idea in the peace offering of of offering the sacrifice unto the Lord. And part of it goes up unto the Lord, roasted for him and the... And all, but yet part of it roasted, given back to me, and I eat of it myself. So I sit down to eat with God. And in the great feast days, most of the offerings that were brought by the people in the great feast days were peace offerings, so that they were they were just what they say they were feast days. The Passover feast, the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Tabernacles. They were feast, great feast. People would come in and you'd have just all kinds of meat, all kinds of feasting together. They were holidays of feasting for seven days. As all of these sacrifices, these peace offerings would be offered and then you'd receive yours back to eat. And thus people were just sitting and feasting with God was the idea. And really, it's a very beautiful thought indeed. Man, that would be great if we had a seven-day feast with God around here sometime. You know, just the idea of here we are to sit with the Lord, just to feast together with Him, realizing the oneness that is ours with Him, feasting together with the Lord God's people. Now as we get into chapter 4, We get in now to the sin offerings. First of all, God said if a soul should sin through ignorance against any of the commandments, it is interesting to note that sins of ignorance needed forgiveness. We hear so often, ignorance of the law is no excuse. This actually comes from God because God made provision for those sins of ignorance. Quite often sin is related to ignorance. Transgression is never really related to ignorance. Sin is related to ignorance because there is a vast difference between sin and trespass, and thus the difference between the sin offering and the trespass offering. Sins were often due to ignorance. I didn't know. The word sin has as its root word missing the mark. In Greek, harmatia, the missing of the mark. Now, I could be trying to hit the mark and still miss. That's still sin. Sin. There are a lot of people who are sinning who don't want to sin. They're trying not to sin. They are doing their best not to sin. But they're still sinning. They're still missing the mark. For the word sin means to miss the mark. Trespass is not ignorance, It's more than missing the mark for it is missing the mark deliberately. I know what I am doing. I know that God doesn't want me to do it. I do it anyhow. That's a trespass. It's a deliberate, willful act against God. So so often when you're dealing with sin, you deal with ignorance. A person didn't know, yet the sin needed taken care of. You remember Jesus, when he was being nailed to the cross, prayed, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. It was a sin of ignorance, and yet it needed the forgiveness of God. Father, forgive them. They needed that forgiveness, though the sin was being done by them in ignorance, not really knowing what they were doing. And so if a man sinned against the Lord, ignorance, he was to bring a young bullock without blemish unto the Lord for a sin offering. And again, the idea of putting your hand upon its head, transferring the guilt, slaying it, the blood being taken in by the priest, dipping his finger in the blood, sprinkling the blood seven times before the veil of the sanctuary. And the priest shall put some of the blood upon the horns of the altar and shall pour out the blood of the bullock at the bottom of the altar. And then also they were to take a part of the uh, bullock and to place it upon the altar and burn it on the fire, mainly the fat and uh, the kidneys and, and all. And the skin of the bullock and all his flesh with his head and his legs and the inwards and all, even the whole bullock shall he carry forth without the camp unto a clean place where the ashes are poured out and burn him on the wood with fire where the ashes are poured out, shall he be burnt. So the whole skin and everything was taken outside of the camp and there burnt with fire in this place where they would carry the ashes, uh, the burnt offerings and all. There was a place outside of the camp they'd carry them and lay them out. Uh, and at that place is where the, the skin and all. Now the skin of the, of the, coming back to the first offering, the offering of consecration, those hides could be kept by the priest and they would make them into coats and wear them and all. And so the, sheep's, uh, the sheepskin coats and so forth would be worn by the priest because they got the hides of those offerings. But with the sin offering, the priest couldn't keep the hides. They were to be taken out and, and burnt completely with fire outside of the camp. And the whole congregation of Israel sinned through ignorance, and the thing is hid from the eyes of the assembly. They have done somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which should not be done and are guilty. When the sin which they have sinned against it is known to the congregation, they shall offer a young bullock for the sin and bring him before the tabernacle and so forth, and thus the sin offering following the same routine. A sin offering for the congregation, and then the sin offering for the rulers in verse 22. Uh, Same idea of ignorance, the rulers and so forth. And then they were to bring a kid of the goats, a male without blemish. And it was to be offered in the same manner as the bullock before the Lord. And then we get down to us in verse 27. And if any of the commoners... Sin through ignorance. And so it comes down to every one of us. While he doeth somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and is guilty. If if the sin which he has sinned comes to his knowledge, then he shall bring an offering of the kid of the goats, a female without blemish, for his sin which he hath sinned. Now the rulers brought the male of the goats, and the commoners brought a female kid of the goats and they would lay their hand upon the head of the sin offering and the priest would go through the same routine of putting the blood upon the altar and uh, sprinkling it before the Lord. And if he bring a lamb for a sin offering he shall bring it a female without blemish and thus the sin offerings and as I say sin was related to ignorance it was the missing of the mark it comes to your attention it wasn't really a deliberate thing. But now, what about those deliberate things? Chapter 5. And if a soul sin, and hear the voice of swearing, and is a witness, whether he has seen or known of it, and he does not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. If you touch any unclean thing, and it goes on with with some of the, the sins that you know to be wrong, and uh, you swear against God or do things that are are to you, knowledgeable, you're guilty, you know it, then you shall confess that he has sinned in that thing. So even though you were to bring a sacrifice, yet the necessity of the confession of your guilt Now in Proverbs we read, Whoever seeks to cover his sin shall not prosper, but whoso will confess his sin shall be forgiven. God cannot really deal with sin in your life as long as you're trying to hide it, as long as you're trying to deny it, as long as you're trying to excuse it, as long as you're trying to give the rationale for it. God can't deal with it. If you can just sit down and tell me all the reasons why you sinned and give me all of the excuses for why you were doing it, then God can't deal with your excuses. God can only deal with it when you come to the place of confession. And when I confess my sin, it is then that He is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So always with the trespass there was the necessity of confession. God, I have sinned against you in this thing. I was wrong. God, I am sorry. And with the confession I make the possibility of forgiveness. And so... First of all, the necessity was that of confession of the guilt. Verse 5. And then he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord. A female from the flock, a lamb, or a kid of the goats for the sin offering, and the priest shall make an atonement or a covering for his sin. And if he is not able to bring a lamb, then he shall bring for his trespass, which he has committed, two turtle doves are two young pigeons unto the Lord, one for a sin offering, the other for a burnt offering. And he shall bring them unto the priest who shall offer that which is for the sin offering first. And goes ahead and how they are to take care of the turtle doves and so forth, if that is what is brought as an offering. And they are to be offered before the Lord for the trespasses. Verse 15, if a soul commit a trespass and sin through ignorance in the holy things of the Lord, then he shall bring for his trespass unto the Lord a ram without blemish out of the flocks of his estimation according to the shekels and so forth, shall make amends. And uh, thus dealing with the trespass offerings and going on into chapter 6. The Lord spake unto Moses saying, if a soul sins and commits a trespass against the Lord and lies to his neighbor. And that which was delivered, in other words, if you are my neighbor and you loan me your car and I go out and smash it, and then I say, well, you know, I parked it at Lucky's and I just left the keys in the ignition and I went into the store and, and when I came out, it was gone, you know. You better file a stolen report and then they find the thing, you know, wrapped around a telephone pole someplace and oh my, you know, they must have wrecked it. And, and I'm lying to you about something that was entrusted to me. This is a trespass and uh, it would be necessary for me to make a confession and to offer an offering before the Lord for the forgiveness or the covering. And the Lord spake unto Moses, verse 8, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. And the burnt offering, because of the burning upon the altar all night unto the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on his linen garments, his linen breeches, and he shall put upon his flesh and take uh, the ashes which the fire has consumed with the burnt offering in the altar, and shall put them beside the altar and then later carry them out Uh, But in verse 13, the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. So God was the one who was to kindle the fire on the altar, but the priests were never to let it go out. Once God kindled the fire, it was their duty. All night long, a priest would be on duty to put wood on the fire so that the fire of the altar would never go out. And so uh, he goes ahead and explains again the offerings, the burnt offering, and then in verse 14, the meal offering on the meal offering is one that was to be wholly burnt and not to be eaten." There were other uh, meal off- uh, offerings of bread that the priest were to eat, but not the meal offering. Verse 19, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This is the offering of Aaron and his sons, which they shall offer to the Lord the day in which they are anointed. And the fine flour is a meal offering, perpetual half in the morning and thereof at night. It shall be baked in the pan, and thou shalt bring it in and bake the pieces for the meal offering. A sweet savor to the Lord, the priest and his sons that is anointed in his stead shall offer it. It is a statute forever unto the Lord. It shall be wholly burnt for every meal offering for the priest shall be wholly burnt it shall not be eaten that is if the priest himself offered the meal offering for himself the lord spake unto moses saying speak unto aaron and unto his son saying this is the law of the sin offering in the place where the burnt offering is killed shall the sin offering be killed before the lord it is most holy the priest that offers it for sin shall eat it in the holy place it shall be eaten in the court of the tabernacle of the congregation. Whatsoever shall touch the flesh thereof shall be holy, and when the thing is sprinkled with the blood. Now, the priest did get a part of the offerings. They, they always were able to take a part of the offerings to eat for themselves that the people brought.
0: return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Leviticus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Leviticus 1-2 through when visiting the thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription.
1: May the Lord fill your heart with praise and thanksgiving through the week that you might know God's work and God's victory in your life. May God help you to bring things into their proper perspective and the proper priorities that you might seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and that you might realize the power and the glory of the God that you serve in order that you might see His work in your life in a very real and beautiful way. In Jesus' name.
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today is pleased to present a flash drive of audio Bible studies by Kay Smith titled, A Collection of Cherished Messages. Just listen to what others are saying. Kay Smith changed my life. Her teachings encouraged me to want more of Jesus. And through her counsel and mentoring, I fell in love with him in a deeper way. When I first heard Kay, I was driving in my car. I was so moved that it brought me to tears because I needed to repent. That moment impacted my life to be a better mom and who I am today.
1: Renew your strength, please. I beg, I beseech, I entreat. And if there's any other word, I do that too. Get in His Word. Make it more than your necessary food every day. Kay Smith
0: has a special place in her heart to teach and encourage women to live for Jesus. To order the splash drive with over 90 audio messages by Kay Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.